Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Why would Mordechai tell her that? Why would he say to her, Esther, if you don't do this, God's going to find somebody else. Deliverance will come from another. Is, is he saying it to, I hate to say it this way, to shame Esther into doing it? No. I believe he's saying it because he knows that God is faithful and that God is going to deliver his people. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Esther. Many of us have probably looked back at previous trials and asked ourselves why we even doubted God's faithfulness. While they might have seemed unbearable at the time, God always came through. In today's message, Pastor J.D. reflects on the faith of Mordecai, who, having been on the brink of execution, trusted God to deliver the Jews. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Esther, chapter 4, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. It was on our YouTube channel was re- with regards to Islam. This comment, uh, basically this is the gist of it, Islam are like termites. We appreciate this uh, metaphor here in Hawaii. They're like termites. They come in while you're sleeping and they eat your house and destroy your house. That's what the enemy's like. When you don't realize what's going on, you're just oblivious to how it is. And I'm not trying to get too, you know, weird here. I don't want you to you know, go home tonight and you're going to be, you know, <laughs> praying over the doorposts of your house. And I'm not suggesting that, but sometimes I, I find myself praying very specifically just laboring in spiritual warfare. God, I want you to protect me and my family from the enemy. I want you to be a hedge of protection around my home, around my church. Do not let the enemy come in and start wreaking havoc. Please, Lord, protect us from the, and this is, I, again, I hope, I hope this doesn't sound Weird. It's just the way my, my brain is. And I know they have clinical terms for this. So, but I just imagine in the spiritual realm, my God, my God who loves me and who protects me, I imagine him on his throne giving his angels charge concerning me. And he's dispatching them. And he says, I want you to go to this address and you stay there. And you provide this hedge of protection because he just prayed. He just prayed. And I just, I picture, this is going to get, I picture this ray of light, this beam of light that is originating from my home or here from the church rising up to the throne. And it's this, and then in return comes this, uh, for lack of a better term, iron dome, uh, that is this, this, this dome of protection. And the enemy can't touch me. 
The enemy can't touch me. There's a protection now over me. And I also pray, God, give me keen spiritual discernment. And when the Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians, said, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices, the implication is is that sometimes we're, we're just ignorant. We're so naive. We don't want to give the devil too much credit, but I think we err on the opposite side. And to do so is to err greatly. We don't give him enough credit, what he's capable of doing. And so there's, I believe, I think God waits for us to ask him to protect us from the enemy. This this completely blindsided Mordechai, and it's certainly, as we'll see, going to blindside Esther, verse 8. He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and that he might command her to go into the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. So Hathak returned and told Esther the words of Mordechai. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him a command for Mordechai. And this was the command, verse 11. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. In other words, Mordechai, you don't understand. And and you know this, Mordechai, that there's a law that you cannot approach the king, even as queen. You cannot approach the king. Because if you do uninvited, and by the way, Mordechai, I haven't been invited in about a month. And you're telling me to go to him so that I can plead on behalf of my people, our people? We have another problem. Remember, Mordechai, you told me not to let him know that I'm a Jew. Remember, you told me that? We've read that already in chapters 1 and 2, two times, no less than two times. And now, apparently, Mordecai is saying, well, now you're going to have to tell him, because he doesn't know, and now's the time for him to know. Well, this is getting really complicated, Mordecai. I don't see Esther as not wanting to do this. Certainly she wants to do this, but I think what she's doing here with Mordecai is she's apprising him of the seriousness of the situation that they're in. In other words, Mordecai, uh, this is worse than you know. Okay, I, I get it now. Thank you for having a copy of the decree sent to me to explain to me what's going on here. But it's even worse than that. You want me to go and, and plead our case on behalf of our people, but um, I haven't been invited, and you know the law, Mordechai, better than anybody. And and here's the thing, I haven't been invited in a month. Now, verse 12, so they told Mordechai Esther's words, and 
Mordecai told them to answer Esther this. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Uh, Don't imagine that Mordecai is angry with Esther. This This is the only way they're able to communicate. They cannot communicate face to face. They have to send these messages through these messengers. So she's uh, being told this audibly. You, you go tell her this. And so they go back and they're going to tell her, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows? And here it is, and I love this, and I know you do too. Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I believe she knows that. I think Mordechai wants to encourage her and remind her of that. I find it interesting that Mordechai would tell her that deliverance would come from someone else if she were to remain silent and do nothing. Again, I, I can't imagine that Esther is unwilling to do anything or something I really believe that she's willing to do it. And, and actually, we'll, we'll see why here in a moment. But um, why would Mordecai tell her that? Why would he say to her, Esther, if you don't do this, God's going to find somebody else. Deliverance will come from another. Is, is he saying it to, I hate to say it this way, to shame Esther into doing it? No. I believe he's saying it because he knows that God is faithful and that God is going to deliver his people. I really believe that Mordechai is a man of God. Mordechai is a man of God and he knows God. And he knows that God is going to deliver his people, whether it's Esther or somebody else. So I don't think this is a bad thing that he's saying in a mean way or, or being, have, having been told to Esther that, hey, if, uh, you better do this. And I, I think he's reasoning with her and he's trying to encourage her and remind her that God has positioned her as queen for such a time as this. And by the way, it can be so easy for us, and I'll include myself in this, it can be so easy for us to look at this and say, well, this only applies to the Esthers of this world. But what if I told you that every single one of us have been positioned by God right where we're at for such a time as this. Oh, it may not be as grand and glorious as being positioned as queen of an entire kingdom. 
But certainly God has put you in the position that you're in. That job that you're in, that that place that you're in, that neighborhood that you're in for such a time as this. And God wants to use you. And God has chosen you. And he, he will choose to use the Esters of this world. And we are the Esters of this world that God chooses and uses. Verse 15, then Esther told them to reply to Mordechai. Now this is the response. Go, verse 16, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. It's a good response, by the way. When you find yourself in a situation such as this, prayer and fasting. I know I shared this um, in the past, but maybe it's appropriate to share it again tonight. One of the things that God has really been ministering to me as of late, uh, and really it goes back as far as this building project. One of the, the things that he's been ministering to me is the power of prayer and fasting. Humbling yourself before God and praying and fasting. This is why I say and said uh, when I uh, announced our prayer meeting on January 2nd that it's going to change our lives and it's going to change the life of this church. Praying and fasting, it changes everything. Prayer is a powerful thing. Prayer is the most powerful thing that God has given us. Prayer is so powerful. And so she says, we need to pray, we need to fast, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king which is against the law. And then she says this, and I love this, I love this, I love this. If I perish, I perish. Reminds me of what Job said. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. So, verse 17, Mordechai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. So what Esther says in verse 16 about if I perish, I perish. This is why I believe that she wasn't rejecting Mordechai's command. I believe that she was willing to go in to the king uninvited. When she sends message to to Mordechai, hey, I haven't been invited in, in a month, and you know the law. If I go uninvited, he doesn't hold that scepter out, I'm done. That's the law. I'm I'm put to death, unless he puts that scepter out. So I will go. We're going to pray and fast. You're going to pray and fast, and I will go. We're going to pray and fast for three days and three nights. Uh, Very interesting. You see the typology again in all of this, right? But clearly... Esther is willing to lay her life on the line for her people. She knows. She's got to know, right? I mean, it would just stand to reason. Here she's a young girl, very beautiful. She's taken along with what some believe are 400 beautiful women. And she's chosen out of all of those women to be queen. 
You don't think that she knows that God did that? She didn't do that. This is the thing, and this is what I love about how God operates in our lives. He'll do things in such a fashion that there's no way, even if we wanted to, that we could take the credit for it. He does things in such a way that we know that it was He that did it. Because <laughs> we couldn't have done that. There's no way. God made her and positioned her as queen, and now she knows why. Oh, 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 I, I see now. I see why you allowed me to go through that and this and that. That didn't make any sense. Now it's starting to make sense. You had this planned all along. Yes, I did. I, I hate using words like this, but you know what the secret to the success in the Christian life is? It's what Esther does here. It's this willingness to lay your life down. It's this willingness to lose your life for Him. I like how once that I, many years ago on the mainland, I heard this uh, pastor say, God ruined me for Him. He ruined all of my plans for Him. He ruined everything for Him. And I died to all of that. And isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel? Chapter 10, verses 38 and 39. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And then he says this, and this jams our gears. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Oh, if S see, we have the benefit of 10 chapters and the rest of the story of what happens. Esther didn't have that. She's still living in chapters two, three, and four right now. She doesn't, she doesn't know what's going to happen in chapter five. It hasn't been written yet. It's about to be. And she surely does not know how this ends. She will. We do. We, we know how it ends. And oh, per, uh, perish? No, Esther, you're not going to perish. You have no idea what God is about to do with you, in you, through you, because of you, because you were willing to perish for me. Oh, watch me now. Watch me now. I want to close the Bible study with one final thought. You see it there on the screen. I know it sounds kind of corny, but it's true. When it seems odd... It's got to be God. I've had situations in my life that were so impossible, so unbelievable. I mean, the odds were so against me in every way, and it was so perplexing and complex. I knew it. God was in it. it God had to be in it. There's no way. There's no way that it could be this way unless God was in it. Think about Esther. She's looking at this situation going, are you kidding me? I mean, I, I know she's not saying it like that, but what is she thinking? What is going through her head right about now? I never wanted to be queen. 
I never wanted this in the first place. God, you wanted this for me. And obviously you had a purpose in doing this with me. This is so impossible. The odds against all the odds, they're impossible odds. A young Jewish woman like me becoming queen of Persia, what are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? I mean, this is odd. Oh no, it might be odd. It's not odd, it's God. It's God. Can I say it this way? God is up to something. And you'll see what God's going to do. Yeah, but this situation is, there's no way. Oh, (laughs) man's ways are not God's ways, right? You you have no idea. And his thoughts are so high above, you cannot even begin to imagine what it is that God is going to do. Do you think that if you would have went to Mordechai, and Esther, and say, hey, you guys, listen, I relax, calm down. I know this does not look good. I know that everything looks against you, and, and it's going from bad to worse with every passing hour. I know the decree has been issued. I know it's irrevocable. The lot's been cast. The date's been set. Your fate's been sealed. I know it looks like that, right? But Esther, Mordecai, sit down. Here, let's have some Turkish coffee, some Persian coffee. I want to tell you uh, what God's going to do. Okay, first of all, this Haman guy, oh my goodness. He's going to build this gallows uh, for you, Mordecai. But you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> it's going to be so great. I'm going to have him hung on that gallow that he's uh, preparing for you. And oh, Esther, you know how this whole, if I perish, I perish? Oh. Yeah, you'll, you'll see who's going to perish. You'll see who's going to perish. And oh, and it just, oh, and it's not just that I'm going to do it. Wait till you see how I'm going to do it. Wait till, so Esther, you're going to, you're going to approach it. And don't worry, the scepter, phew, the king's going to like, Esther, darling, <laughs> what, oh, I didn't invite you. Oh, I better, I better hurry up and put the scepter out. And he does. Could you imagine the relief? On the part of Esther, oh, thank you, God. What, God's not going to do that? God's going to raise you up for such a time as this? You're going to be willing to perish? If I perish, I perish? And you're going to go into the king? And I'm not going to have him put the scepter out? Is that what you think of me? I am God. Is there anything too hard for me? I can do the impossible. I can do anything. You don't think I'm going to do that for you? The bravery and trust displayed by Esther throughout her life is encouraging to us, especially as we face trials in our modern world. She clung to her faith in God despite worldly influences, and when she needed Him most, God showed up in incredible ways. There's much more to learn from Esther's story, but sadly, that's where we need to end for today, here on In Spirit and Truth. We're so glad you tuned in to Pastor J.D. Farag's message. We'd like to let you know how you can hear more of his messages. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of teachings. You'll find a link on our website to our mobile app, too. That way you'll be able to take God's Word with you wherever you go, filling the gaps in your day with truth and blessings. 
This app is free and provides you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and updated editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a look at current events around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new every weekend and will help you put world events into perspective. The Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Come find us on Facebook as well and keep up to date on everything that's happening at In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for joining us today. Pastor J.D. will continue teaching through the book of Esther next time on In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with the old Holding me true to